welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Misha Rubin, who is a career educator guiding people to meaningful, fulfilling work. So Misha is a career educator, and until recently, he was a partner at Ernst & Young, where he spent 15 fruitful years. He managed over $100 million worth of projects, advised a countless number of clients, and guided hundreds of careers. His corporate experience, personal quest for meaning and fulfillment, and rigorous study birthed the Career Leap Method, a pragmatic, elevating, and actionable process designed for people to obtain clarity about their next career move. Apart from providing career transformational programs to individuals and groups, Misha recorded a music album, We Are Ready, adopted three kids, and is on the board of Worldwide Orphans. Welcome, Misha. Hi. Hi, Virginia. So how are you doing today? Excellent. Like the weather is warm. <laughs> so there is certain easiness of living with summer that I'm enjoying. That is good. I know my summers involve no snow, so that's always nice. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit more about how you got on this journey that you're in and the career leap method. Sure. So I spent over 20 years working in corporate America. 15 of those I worked in, you know, big four management consulting firm where I was a, a partner for a big chunk of that time. And, you know, there was this moment that I was sitting in a meeting. It was pre-COVID, so it was a real meeting with <laughs> walls and, you know, boards and markers and real people in the room. And at that time, I was 15, you know, I, I was 15 years with my firm, five years a partner. I was making more money than I could have imagined as an immigrant coming to the United States. I had acknowledgement, great responsibilities, and I was a competent, unfulfilled professional, somebody who is educated enough, good at what they do enough, successful enough, but not fulfilled at their job. So in that meeting, we were discussing the next service offering for our clients who are majorly large banks. And as everybody was talking, and I heard myself talk in this my work voice, you know, saying serious things. I've heard <laughs> my, I've heard my little voice telling me, this is not aligned with who you are anymore. You're not going to do this anymore. And it was a moment of truth. And it was a scary moment for me because I'm a breadwinner in my family. I have three small kids. I didn't have clarity about what I would be doing. I didn't know that in six months, I, I will develop the career leap method that I'll start teaching, that I'll be in this podcast. I didn't know any of that, but it was a moment where I confronted my career mediocrity. And that's remarkable for that. And, you know, one thing when I talk to people in different audiences, whether you work in corporate America, whether you're an entrepreneur already, whether you are questioning, am I in the right place? What's the next step for me? It all comes from this moment where you face the truth that something is really not working about where you are right now. And you might have circumstances, you might have other humans depending on you, on your paycheck, you might have, you might not have answers about what's next for you. But there is this moment where you're not willing to put up with this mediocrity anymore, or with this non-workability. So I'm always when I talk in podcasts, and when I 
talking the interviews, I was like, if there is one thing I can contribute to people <laughs> is to wake up to that fact. Whatever it is not working doesn't have to be tolerated. Right. I found it interesting what you said, like the unfulfilled, like successful but unfulfilled people. And I a com- think a competent, unfulfilled professional. That's the term. Yes. Yes. I think that is very common in our society. It was just kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, actually, the majority of people settled into careers, jobs for one reason or another, not necessarily bad reasons. I think that the big missing in our society is education about career education. So that's why I think what I do and what the, when I develop the method where I truly can guide somebody and create an objective criteria for them about how to examine whether it's an industry you want to work in, whether a job offer, whether it's a business you want to start, whether it's even an area of study when you're in college or pre-college, how do you evaluate that? What is the criteria for that? And that's one of the things that I teach. That's cool. And it would be super helpful to maybe go through that even just coming out of, let's say, high school type of idea, right? I'm about to kick off a program for high schoolers and college students. That's my next frontier. I would like my method to become the gold standard for people to think about their careers. I, that would be totally awesome. (laughs) So right now, who do you primarily work with? So I work with mid-career professionals and entrepreneurs. I think fundamentally we live in unprecedented time and I'll give you four big reasons for that. Okay. So, so number one, with post-pandemic, the employers are really open to remote work. So that means suddenly your geographic limitations for your careers are pretty much gone. Or I would say the same thing for many businesses also, that there is many more opportunities to do business cross geographic barriers, right? That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, our society has been going through really massive shift. And every time that happens... There is definitely pain involved that some industries are suffering, some jobs are going away, but then there is like a lot of opportunities because there are new businesses are showing up, new industries are showing up, old industries finding the new place for themselves. So the opportunity is amazing right now. That's number two. There had never been an easier time to start your own business. So when I came up with a career leap idea, I created a website in an hour. I posted on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and within a day, I had three my first free students. I'm not saying it's easy to run a business, but <laughs> to start a business, I have no idea what people had to do 30 years ago, right? And the kind of hoops they need to jump through. So that's number three, right? And number four, the access to learning. Who had that? Like today, you can go and take a course on pretty much any topic. You can take a course from any of these prestigious colleges they offer a degree. You can get an online degree inexpensively on the area of interest. So the access to learning, no one ever had that before. So we live in these times when, you know, maybe when I look at generation of my parents and they forced economically into making some decisions and, but now we'll, and I'm not saying that economy is great for everybody, but opportunities are unprecedented. So then if you see that, then the three questions to ask yourself, where to look for that, my dream career, my dream business, how to recognize that's the right thing, 
And number three, how come I'm not running after it right now? (laughs) (laughs) The big one, right? (laughs) So how do you typically get in front of your ideal client? Well, one thing, I do a lot of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I think a podcast is is really great, fun way for me to talk about my message, to contribute to people, whether you know they want to work with me or not. I the word of mouth has been big. It's just using my network has been big. I doing some paid advertising, like like Facebook has been good, and I'm actually planning to do more of that. In fact, I'm in the process of hiring a marketing partner to help me with that. Yeah. Speaking, I'm about to speak in an event. Actually, that will be the first live event. Oh my God, Woo-hoo. can you imagine? Live audience. I was like, I don't even know how to speak with live people. I know how to mute them on Zoom. That I know. But and make live them go people, away. Exactly. I was like, but you know, on Zoom, they hide their faces anyway. And, mm-hmm. and if they're making noise, you mute them. So this will be my first time in a while in front of live audience. And I was like, oh my God, what I'm going to do? How I'm going to mute these people? That's awesome. Now we have issues from coming out of the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you had mentioned that you had set up a LinkedIn profile. Typically, a lot of professionals are on there. Do you find any success with that? Yeah, LinkedIn for me is a very interesting tool because on one hand, my audience lives on LinkedIn. Those are these professionals, a lot of them in my network. But on the other hand, LinkedIn is this place where, you know, you link to your bosses, your coworkers, your clients. So people are very mindful about what exactly they're doing there, what it is they're liking, what it is they're commenting on. So the topic of career change, definitely not popular with that, (laughs) but people just reach out to me privately. So I don't get a lot of likes and comments (laughs) often on my, on certain types of posts, but I do people just reach out to me, say, Hey, I would like to talk. What are you doing? And yeah, it's been very effective. That's awesome. Yeah. They have to be a bit more sneaky that way. Hey, (laughs) as the well, you know, that's understandable. You know, that's really, it's, yeah, it's because LinkedIn where your professional life is very tied in. So you're very mindful. Well, if you work in a corporate in this network of people, very mindful about your communication and your aspirations. You've had a speaking gig. (laughs) That's cool. You want to do your, have your course tailored for high school and college demographic. So what, do you have any other big goals in the next year or two that you're looking to achieve? Yeah, so my mid-career professional program is running. I actually have two group programs at the same time running right now, and I work with people one-on-one. So I worked with students one-on-one, so I'm piloting my first group programs for high school students and, and college students, right? So to me, so so one goal is to have a sustainable student acquisition method that it's working for my mid-career professional program. I would like next year to pre-record parts of it and start running larger programs that are accessible to a lot of people. With my student programs, I think it's still in development phase. So I think it will take me a few runs. Usually I have pretty good idea about the programs because I do a lot of testing and I do a lot of one-on-one work when I before I go into the group. 
but also when I'm in the group, then I get have a very good sense of what people need next. So I mm -hmm. do a lot of polishing and refinement of my programs. But my intention that my programs for college students and high school students become like acceptable, let's start with the United States, but I don't, don't see why it'd be in Canada. I see a Canadian flag <laughs> or uh, other parts of the world. So yeah, so my, I, I have, I, I, I say I'm a small fish with a big plan. Awesome. We all need to have a big plan. <laughs> right. Have you ever thought about targeting homeschool groups with your plan that way? Homeschool, yeah, that, that, that could be a good idea, but I, I, haven't, I haven't really thought about that. But right now my program is open to high schools that are homeschooled. Are, are there many of those? I, I'm not familiar. There's a bunch of homeschooling communities. Both I know for younger school. children, but I don't know whether it goes all the way to high school. Yeah, that's the parent's choice. Sometimes yeah. they only go up to grade eight, but other families mm. go all the way through. So how would moving from, let's say, the one-on-one -on -one coaching into the group coaching, how would that affect your business? Well, I do both. So it's my original plan this year was like, let's focus on a one-on-one. -on -one. But then there are some amazing things happens within a group, mm -hmm. within the group dynamic that doesn't exist in one-on-one -on -one because people see what other people are doing. Like, for instance, there is this woman in one of my programs. She's in her, I think she's like in her maybe mid fifties. I don't know. And she's changing careers. It's her time. Right. Yeah. So one of the things that I teach people is how to communicate in impactful way. So are the mm. three principles of impactful communication, which is authentic, relevant, and transparent. And I teach folks to write what I call a magic letter. Magic letter is where you represent yourself authentically in the problem that you want to solve. And again, very relevant for very particular audience in a, a very transparent way, using all the principles. So she, during my program, said, well, you know, I, I made, you know, part of her leap that she's making. It's like, I decided to apply to grad school. And I was like, wow, that's like a big deal. Now, yeah. the deadline for application was in April, but she's like, I'm writing a magic letter. <laughs> <laughs> she just got an acceptance yesterday. That's so exciting. Uh, into that school sound, that's super excited. Or, you know, another student of mine, she narrowed the industry that she wanted to be. She worked on Wall Street and then she narrowed that she wanted to be in education. She found this company that she really liked and she wrote a magic letter to the CEO. So a few days ago, I got a text from her. Okay, magic letters work. The CEO <laughs> is inviting me for lunch. And I was like, yes, that's great. Awesome. Yes. It really is. Um, interesting and amazing and a good thing like just how much energy and support that you can get being in a group setting as opposed to just one-on-one -on -one and how that can break really I don't know like support you I was gonna right. say motivate but support you to get the things done and then just the questions and the different perspectives and stuff too that you can get from being in those settings hey yes definitely what is the best advice that you've ever received the best advice Hmm. So I've been lucky to have a lot of great teachers and mentors around me. So one advice that I still listen to <laughs> is you never as bad as you think you are 
and you're also not as good as you think you are. <laughs> so there is like we go into this polarity <laughs> of opinions about ourselves, how horrible we are, or how great we are. <laughs> and it's really never on those extremes. So that's very helpful. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever given? Listen, when I, this is what I would tell to the listeners is we have this opportunity for this life. You might have all types of circumstances and reasons of why it is a particular way, but shoot for greatness. You might as well. Shoot for greatness. Don't tolerate mediocrity. Don't tolerate non-workability. Go, take risks, have fun, make it worthwhile. <laughs> That's my advice. Yeah, I like it. I follow it. <laughs> Two things came to mind. Shoot for the moon and you'll hit the stars or aim for the moon and you hit the stars and then you don't have to settle. Don't settle. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you will be like, for the most part, you know, we will be okay. You know, we will be okay. But okay is a very low bar. There is some place where we can be great. <laughs> so <laughs> great, what is that, you know, and it's okay not to have the answers. That's the thing. I think a lot of people paralyzed by several things. People paralyzed by the fact they don't have the exact answer. Mm -hmm. A lot of people paralyzed, and this is one thing that I work a lot with my students, about dismantling disempowering beliefs. So as humans, we create beliefs naturally. That's how our mind works. We have a belief about that we are not educated enough, or if we quit our job, we will never be able to make enough money, or if we start this, we won't be able to get that. So there's all these types of beliefs. And the thing, if you deconstruct what is a belief, is based on evidence. So there is evidence to the belief. But the mistake were that we make, we think that our belief is the truth. So if somebody thinks that they're not lucky, for instance, they have evidence. These are that this thing happened to me and this thing happened to me. So they have evidence for it. But they believe that it's the truth that they're not lucky versus look at the times where you were lucky. And I bet you will find evidence that you're also lucky. <laughs> so you're both unlucky and lucky like everybody else, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and for you know, different in terms of luck. And you don't need to believe that. It's just disempowering. So yeah. people harbor. So one thing that I teach people is to master how to recognize the disempowering belief, how to understand how you constructed it so you can dismantle it. Mm -hmm. And then you can replace it with empowering context. Because a lot of possibilities, we don't even see them or we don't pursue them because there is a belief there that something is not possible, that I cannot do it, that I'm not good enough, that there's not enough money, there is not something. And that just keeps us in this okay, mediocre life. Yeah, it takes just as much effort to be to shoot for the great life as to shoot for the okay life. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it takes more effort to shoot for a great life, but you might as well. You know? <laughs> like, it wouldn't be that much, right? Like, yeah, like you're still going to be putting in effort. Exactly. But the rewards there, you know, oh. one thing that several people in my current program, actually two people almost communicated to me at the same time is I feel so alive. You know, I feel so alive. And the ask, like where this aliveness comes from, right? is from exploring the unknown, is from exploring something that contains the risk, 
Because if your life is very predictable and you know, and it's all safe and predictable, that kills all aliveness. And we also know that life never stays like that. <laughs> it's just the nature of life. It will throw something at us. You know, that's what life does. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't even count. If you think rationally, you also need to understand you can't even count on that predictability. It's actually also an illusion. So you might as well go and, and initiate some change and ruffle some feathers on your <laughs> own because life will do it for you <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in its own way. I like it. Is there anything that you would like to share with us that I haven't asked you yet? So I just want to briefly talk about the career leap method. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's the thing that was my personal breakthrough is this is what I realized. And this is the premise of a method that where you work should be aligned with your career values and what you do should be aligned with your strengths. And where you work is much more important than what you do. So if you work in the industry in organization and with leaders that are not aligned with your career values, most likely you will experience this sense of dissatisfaction, of frustration, of something is missing. So the career leap method, the way I designed it, has four pillars. And those four pillars are designed to take somebody who is a competent, unfulfilled professional and turn them into an empowered, impactful human. And an empowered, impactful human that's somebody who knows who they are, who lives their life and does their work in alignment with their values. Somebody who is empowered to initiate change. Somebody who makes the type of difference they know they can and they should make. And somebody who sets a great example for our children of how to live purposeful life. So that's basically the journey the career leap method takes someone on. So the four pillars, right? So the first one is knowing self. It all starts with knowing yourself. And then this pillar, you get to articulate your unique career criteria and that you can use that criteria to then evaluate industries, organizations, leaders, careers, work arrangements, and whether they fit for you, whether they are right fit for you. And in this pillar, you can actually get to find your career leap or multiple leaps. So now you know who you are and where you're going. So that's pillar one. The pillar two, dismantling disempowering beliefs. And I already talked a little bit about that, but this is where you master how to identify, dismantle, and replace those beliefs with empowering context. So now you know who you are, where you're going, and you can take out these roadblocks and that show up in our consciousness. The third pillar is impactful communication. So now that you know who you are and where you're going, how do you communicate that into the world, that the world is excited about this, <laughs> that, the, that the world is ready to listen and embrace that? So this is where I teach people principles of impactful communication about being authentic, relevant, and transparent. And we translate it into everything from a resume, or if you're a business owner, how do you write a pitch or for a partnership, for instance, or for investment, 
or if you go into an interview, so how do you talk about yourself in the interview? And I love magic letters. This is where you get to write a magic letter. The reason that I call it magic, it's designed to produce not linear results. And okay. so far it works. So, okay, so now you know who you are and where you're going. You know how to take out the barriers Mm -hmm. And you know how to communicate. And the fourth pillar are intentional actions. So we talked about actions a lot. And some people are really great in taking action. But I teach people how to be very intentional about this. How to create momentum. How to have a focus. How to bring everything that you learned about knowing yourself, about dismantling the surrounding beliefs, about impactful communication, how to bring it all into actions that really produce outcomes for you. And if you think about these four pillars, you know who you are and where you're going, you know how to take out barriers, you know how to communicate, and you know how to be in action. That's an empowered, impactful human. And you could use all of these tools, not only for work and business, but in any area of your life. Even in your personal life, you like that would make a huge difference and be impactful that way too. Absolutely. Exactly. You can use them for anything. So when you did your career change, were... Is this kind of where you developed this or was it kind of in action before you did your career change? No, actually, I did a few leaps before I got to this one. <laughs> so part <laughs> of it about leaping, right, that I actually created a few different educational brands before that. And, and as I was learning and as I was surrounding myself with different types of people that I was learning from, I developed this idea. As you had forward momentum, exactly. right? as you had action. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Misha, I really appreciate you being here with us today. It's my pleasure, Virginia. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you do? So if you go to MishaRubin.com, M-I-S-H-A-R-U-B-I-N.com, this is where a lot of information about me, about my programs, about some of the free courses that I give, my interviews. Now, some of you will be like, okay, I just want to do the career leap. <laughs> so <laughs> then you just go to thecareerleap.com and then you can leap with me. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you again so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.